This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And today we are joined by NASCAR champion Kevin Harvick. First of all, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me today. The last time I talked with you from the New York Connection was 2007. That's when you won your Daytona 500 race. So maybe, I shouldn't be rooting from the press box, so maybe this is a good luck charm, and hopefully uh, you'll be doing well Sunday for this Daytona 500 here. Uh, You guys really, you know, working with Stuart Haas, uh, you guys have been uh, just on the money. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, first, you know, it's it's uh, it's great to be, you know, a few days away from from being back in the car, and and obviously the the Daytona 500 uh, this weekend uh, on on Sunday is is something that obviously we all look forward to as as our our sport's biggest race. So, um, on on that note, you know, it would be great to uh, celebrate um, like we did in 2007 with with this particular group of guys and and everyone at Stuart Haas Racing, you know, and, and hopefully win the Daytona 500. That would be you know something that uh, we have not uh, been fortunate enough to do yet as as a team, um, but knowing what it feels like to have won that race before and, and be able to experience the things that that come with winning the Daytona 500, or like no other race, it's just um, you know you look at the names on that Harley J Earl Trophy and and you realize the history of our sport and, and how important that race is. So uh, our guys have done a, a great. Uh, year after year, this is year number eight for for myself and and most of the guys on on the number four uh, team uh, to to be together and and racing at Stuart Haas Racing. So we've been through we've been through a lot of change, um, you know, whether it be with with the sport in general, um, but really at our at our company in general as as we've gone through, you know, different drivers and, and things as teammates and and uh, we switched manufacturers at the end of 2016 to Ford. Um, so it's, you know, we were, we were well prepared to go through COVID last year with, with everything being, you know, so, uh, up in the air as to where you were going to go, when you were going to go, how you're going to do it. And I think that's one thing that our team does very well is adapt to unique situations. That's the thing about COVID and, and going, and all the sports have gone through it in a COVID world, but in NASCAR, in racing in general, for the most part, it's probably, for lack of better words, one of the best for COVID because you're in a cocoon. Now you're flying around at 200 miles an hour, but you're in this cocoon, you're in the car and it's just you. And so if if there's any sport, it seems like that would help against COVID it's racing. I would agree with that. And I think, you know, that's, that's one reason that, um, you know, everybody, at NASCAR decided to, you know, to come back first. And, and I think when, when you look at the way that our sport was laid out, you know, it was really everything from the shops to the racetrack, you know, as far as 
the protocols and the, and the things that we were able to do with, you know, splitting the workforce up at the at the facilities. Um, you know, basically they have separated us from not only our race teams, but, you know, the race fans and, and interaction with people in general. So for the most part, most of us have a motorhome at the racetrack. So, you you know, we travel by ourselves or I travel by myself and, and get to the racetrack, drive myself to the racetrack, go through the screening, go to the go to the motorhome, go from the motorhome to the car, get in the car, get out of the car, go back to the motorhome, get in the rental car and fly home. So, you know, we have we have, um, you know, a lot less interaction and because of the fact that it's, you know, like you say, you are so isolated um, because of the, the protocols. But just in general, you know, that that was the way it was before. You weren't isolated, but, you know, you are in that car by yourself. So we just we have a much more um, unique opportunity to to get back earlier. And I think everybody, you know, did a great job last year getting our sport back on the racetrack. It was good for not only our sport, but sports in general and, and really um, you know, created an opportunity for us to kind of put the spotlight on our sport and, and show everybody what NASCAR was, was all about today. And, and I think as, as you look back to Darlington in that first race and, you know, seeing the significance of, of getting our sport back on the racetrack and, and the reaction of fans and, and people who had never watched NASCAR before. So it's, it was um, a very good year for our sport in general. Um, you know, I think as, as you look at the, the way that everything was handled and the way that, we were able to maneuver and move move things around and, and get all of our our complete schedule in and, and crown champion at the end of the year was was a, you know a huge uh, feather in the cap to to everybody in the sport. Before we get into more racing, I, I have to bring up KHI management and it's something I think is pretty cool. What you guys are doing now, it's a full service sports and celebrity marketing agency, and you represent some very successful and high profile professionals. How did that start? Yeah, really, it started by accident. You know, we we had sold our race teams, um, and and the race team shut down in in 2011 when when KHI. Um, you know, we had I think five race teams total that we that we ran in NASCAR and the Truck Series and, and Xfinity Series. And Delane and I decided to start a family and head in a different direction. Didn't really know what we wanted to do. We knew we didn't want the overhead of what we had before of, of, you know, 140 people on a huge facility and race cars. And, you know, we couldn't have a 24 seven job, um, you know, and, and have kids and, and give them the attention that they needed. So, you know, really the, the management thing really started purely by a conversation between Donald Cerrone and, and myself in the infield at, at Texas Motor Speedway in, in 2012, we became friends. Um, you know, obviously um, Donald fights in the UFC and, and, you know, I think as as you look back at those conversations and and you know the the fact that we started going to a couple fights just because we were interested in something different and, and really had no intention of of starting the company or doing anything uh, that we wound up doing with with Donald and Donald called one day and and he said hey I've been around you guys a lot why don't you guys just represent me as 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 uh, as a fighter and we talked about it as a group and we were like heck. We don't have to add any people. We don't have to do anything different. We'll just take Donald and put him right into the same system that I have with, with the people that are around me and manage his schedule and, and help him with his daily activities. And, and you know, we've developed a, a great relationship with, with the UFC through the years and, and in that partnership. And, and it's been uh, something that, that really – that's really what started KHI management in, into what it is today. So, um you know, I think as as you look back at that conversation, that was purely an accident. 
you know, with uh, the tap out bus coming through the infield at, at uh, Texas Motor Speedway, and, and it's it's like everything that that leads to uh, what what seems like great decisions. Uh, purely, purely a conversation that that we chase down, and and um, you know, is what it is today. Now you have several drivers also that you represent through KHI. Can you talk about some of those drivers? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, well, I guess the the most recent one that was probably. Uh, in in the uh, spotlight was probably yesterday. You know, I think um, you know a lot of people watch golf, and and you know James Hahn uh, leading the golf tournament yesterday has been a long time uh, KHI management uh, um, part of our a part of our family, and that's really how we approach it is is uh, family, just because of you know we look at ourselves as a as a as a boutique agency. But um, you know, I think on the on the driver side, you know, for for us, that that's really the thing that's kind of our our bread and butter because yeah, that's what we've done the longest. And and you know, with myself and and the relationships that we've created through the industry, through sponsorship, um, you know, having. Ricky Stenhouse and and Ryan Priest and and myself, um, you know, on on the on the Cup side is is something that we've wanted to do for a while. And over the past couple couple of years, uh, we've been fortunate to to develop those relationships. And and you know, those guys have um, you know been a part of the family now. So you know, as as you look at the Cup side of things, it you know it stems out into so many other things as well, right? You know, you look at Stenhouse with his Sprint Car team and his relationship with Nas and all the things that that come with, um, you know, what I do, but there's so much different when, when you look at everybody else's situation, because that's really one way that we try to approach things is how do we, how do we have a, how do we have a relationship with our drivers or athletes in general, uh, that is different than other ma- management companies and agencies. And, and that's really by trying to keep it small, keep everybody, uh, in the mix as far as, you know, sharing the sponsorships of, you know, between the athletes and, and trying to give the sponsors, you know, a little bit um, more versatile um, package that that you can put out there because not everybody likes NASCAR, not everybody likes the UFC, not everybody likes PJ Golf. Uh, so having those those uh, capabilities of reaching different audiences and, and different uh, areas of the country is is important uh, because it just allows you to to throw different packages, uh, sponsorship packages out there and presentations and and um, stuff just looks different than than your normal. NASCAR sponsorship package because we can do so many things differently. Well, somebody not liking NASCAR. Shame on them. Sorry, the quiet part came out. <laughs> <laughs> what this is an evolving business, and that's something that's that's really cool about it. Also, your the KHI management because the difference between this and when you used to own the the truck team, it's two different things. I mean, obviously, with the truck team, you, you, there's so much in research and development and equipment. With this, it's it's a totally different ball game. How how has it evolved for you? Yeah, you know, I think that you know, it's drastically different. I, I think that uh, one of the things that we do very well are maintain our relationships with with the sponsors that we have. We don't we don't um, you know get a sponsor and then move on to the next one. It's it's how do we maintain those relationships and, and maintain those sponsorships through the years and do that well so that we can re-sign those people year after year we've got several sponsors that are that are you know have been around with myself or in the company you know for a decade now some of them over a decade and that that purely comes off of off of relationships because in corporate america you know nine times out of ten you have so much turnover uh people moving around you have you know the economy up and down and and so th- those relationships in the in the good times are 
and bad times are important to get through both. So, you know, I think that the biggest difference, you know, having the agency is, that, you know, you just, you're so much more nimble than, than what you were, you know, when, when you had all the race teams, because it just requires so many people to, to put those race cars on the racetrack. And, and in the end, when you have the, you know, the gaps of, of trying to develop something and, and, um, you know, the race cars aren't running good enough, you have to spend money on them in order to get the cars running better so that you perform like you need to on the racetrack. And, and, it's much more manageable from the management side of things with, um, you know, the things that we do now because of the fact you don't have those huge gaps that you have to fill from a, from an income standpoint uh, in between sponsorship payments and, and trying to manage all that. So it's a, it's a much different uh, atmosphere as far as the amount of people we have. Let's see, we have one, two, three, five people that, that basically, um, you know, manage everything that, that I have and, and all of our athletes uh, under, under our umbrella. So, you know, five people compared to 140 is, is a much different uh, payroll when it comes around every two weeks compared to, um, you know, what we had when we had the race team on top of all the R&D and all the race cars and parts and pieces. And, and there's just a, it's a big money game. And so for for us, it's it's um, it's something that's that's much more manageable from a financial side of things. I would be remiss. Uh, and I'm sorry, I always have to bring this up, but this is the 20th anniversary of uh, we lost Dale Earnhardt uh, in the 2001 Daytona 500. That next week, you were able to get behind the wheel uh, in Earnhardt's ride uh, with Richard Childress Racing, and three races later, you won your first cup race and on route to Rookie of the Year. Can you take us back to that time and what was going through your mind then? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's obviously it's crazy that it's been been that long, you know. And I think obviously, you know, for for a lot of people, for most everybody in our sport, it was just a you know it was a it was a moment that that changed the sport forever, and you know, for me personally, changed the direction of my career forever. Um, you know, there were so many things that were already in place, and and you know, I was going to run seven Cup races that year with America Online as my as the, as the sponsor of, of our car, um, my first race was going to be at Atlanta. That was going to be where I ran my very first race of my cup career. So there, there are a lot of things that, um, that changed obviously on that day. Um, you know, when, when Dale had his accident. So, you know, for, for me, uh, Wednesday night after the Daytona 500 is, is really when the path changed when Richard called me to his office and, and asked if I'd be willing to, to drive the car at Rockingham the next week. And, Obviously, at that particular point, it was really doing whatever it took for the for the company to survive and and put the car on the racetrack. At, at that particular time, I think they had a little over 300 people that that worked at RCR and families, and so there was a huge responsibility to try to keep the car uh, on the racetrack so that everybody could keep their jobs. and And so we went to the racetrack and uh, ran Rockingham and got on uh, got on a plane directly after that and got married. Uh, the next week and got my first top 10 at, at Las Vegas. And, and then the third week we, we won the race at Atlanta. So the one thing I can tell you is it, for, for me personally, it was, it was a really confusing time because I was racing with a group of, a group of people that, um, you know, I wasn't supposed to be racing with. I was still running my, my Bush series car full time. Uh, we had a number of, of tests and, and different things going on, decided to run both schedules. So that that bubble that I had around me was 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 pretty 
pretty deep just because of the fact that I was able to race so much that year and, and not get swallowed up in everything that was really actually going on and going to have to handle at the end of the year and starting the next year. And, and you really saw those, the, the repercussions of, of um, you know, the accident and the way that everything was uh, going to go in 2002 was just, you know, didn't go very good. But uh, we had so much going on in 2001. We kind of almost hid from the reality of the situation because we, because we raced so much, had early success and, and um, you know, was one of those years that you, that you didn't expect. And, and obviously we all battled through it and, and made a, made a pretty good first season out of it. So definitely, um, you know, a, a trying time for, you know, our sport. And, and, you know, I think looking back at that, that that win in Atlanta and you, you just you hear the emotion of the crowd and, and you know the the people crawling all over the fence and you see the the tears of joy and happiness and sadness of, of the crew guys and you know you get out of that car and you're like you don't you don't really know what to say just because you don't know if you should be happy you should be sad just because of the the moment that you're in so it was definitely definitely um you know when you look back at it now you realize the magnitude of the situation and you know, I think at that particular time, you just didn't understand everything that was going on. Obviously, I want to talk about this year's race, but if anything positive came out of what happened to Dale Earnhardt, the drivers then realized, wear the Hans device, because this can save your life. Well, you know, I think I think as you, as you look back at 2001, and I, I've told people this all week and obviously this is this is obviously a topic of conversation in my in my shoes um because we we were in it but the the biggest thing that that changed in our sport forever was the fact that you know the safety become the number became the number one priority and nascar has has pushed that from that particular day all the way until we sit here right now um to make sure that we evolve as a sport and, and do the things that that they have done with the soft walls and the, the driver's compartments and the chassis. And it's an endless amount of list um, that you could put on it of the things that, that changed from, from that particular day, you know, from a safety standpoint. So it was an unfortunate situa- situation that, that um, has led into where we are today with the, the massive changes in our sport from a safety side all started on that day. This year's Daytona 500, and I know this is always a question you get, and it's always like, okay, thanks. <laughs> but what, where do you see yourself this year in the 500? Well, it could be anywhere. You know, I think as, as you look at this particular race, you know, everybody's had – this is the race that everybody has the most time to prepare for. Our sport is, is very unique in the fact that our, our biggest race is our first race. So you got a lot of hype. Um, we've got a lot of change in our sport, you know, I think with a lot of new teams last year of this car, um, you know, but in the end, you still have an opportunity to, to, to win the biggest race of the year. So, you know, I think as, as you look at, um, we finished top five last year, uh, had ourselves in a position at the end of the race to, you know, to, to, um, to have a chance. And that's really all you ask for. You got to keep the car rolling, uh, you know, until, until the end of the race. So. You know, I think our our, our Bush Light uh, Ford Mustangs will will probably be, um, you know, good enough to to have a chance. We just got to have all the circumstances and and everything, make good decisions, and and try to keep ourselves rolling around and, until the end of the race to have a chance. And that that's really what it's all about. Because really, this one anybody can win. Um, you know, if you just keep yourself a part of the race all day. 
I know we're starting to run out of time, but sponsorship is always critical in NASCAR. And you're seeing the changes now in other sports. In hockey, you're seeing sponsorships on the helmet. And I'm thinking, well, heck, I'm a NASCAR fan. We see sponsorships all the time. So sponsorship in NASCAR, what part of it do you see today and where do you see it going in the future? Well, that evolution has, has changed drastically as well. You know, I think it used to be, you know, for the most part, it was one sponsor on the car. And as, as we went through 2008, 2009, um, obviously the, the world changed, you know, from, from that side of things. And, and now it's, you know, it's there are um, multiple sponsors on pretty much every car. And, you know, I think when, when you look at our car, we're very fortunate to have some great companies in, involved with our particular race team, uh, obviously with, um, you know, the Bush light brand and the Bush brand and everybody from Anheuser-Busch who's, who's been a, a part of our program for, um, you know, a decade now. And, you know, I think as, as you look at, um, the things that, that Bush does with, with what they do with the car and the, and the program off the racetrack is second to none. Mobile one is, is the same way. And, and Hunt Brothers Pizza, you know, we just we we have a, a great group that that just activates racing and and loves to be a part of the sport and and you know they see the results that that come with that. So it's been a lot of fun to uh, to be represented and and part of some great companies. Well, we got to wrap this up, but I, you know what? I, just one quick question: NASCAR and now betting online. Uh, people are are getting into that big time. What do you see with that, and what do you see the future with that? Well, look, I'm I'm like everybody else, you know. I, I I love the fact that I can when I any anything that gives me an opportunity to uh, to have fun with with friends and family and and when you look at um, you know the the length of our races and and adding a different element um, like betting into that, you know, it, it obviously gives the fans and and people uh, something something to uh, to cheer for during the race. I mean, for for me, it's it's no different than than having a fantasy football team. You look at that fantasy football team, and I watch my players and and where they are and what they do, and try to figure out how many points they score. And and the betting goes hand in hand with that, as 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 uh, you know, you're watching the, the event and and seeing where your uh, where your guy is and and how how uh, how you're going to fare and what you thought was going to happen. So I, you know, it just adds another good element to everything we have going on. I'm not going to tell you where my fantasy football season ended. Anyway, <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Probably, probably about like mine. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Harvick, thank you so much. And I'm so glad you took the time out to, to join us because uh, it's a lot of fun. We could have gone on another hour and a half, but, but thank you so much. All right. Thank you for having me. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. My partners, Jason Kelly and Mike Lynch. Get well soon, sir. Mike Lynch having some surgery. He'll he'll be back here soon. Uh, we're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.